cut that out. <laughs> she says to her future self. I know. That's a problem for, for future, future Caitlin, Caitlin and future Savannah. <laughs> Welcome to The Worst Thing We Read This Week, where we talk about the books that we hate to love and love to hate. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Savannah. And welcome to our podcast. Weekly disclaimer, um, we will be talking about YA books that we did not like, but we mean no harm to the authors. And to support them, we've each bought a hard copy of their books. And we'll also be talking about the things that we enjoyed, because I think this week, as horrible as it was, (laughs) was pretty entertaining now that we have that disclaimer um we did want to make an announcement we did end up cutting out the cruel prince um so we will no longer be tell everyone why why did we cut out the cruel prince caitlin um savannah agreed that we could cut that episode out if i agreed that the cruel prince was too good of a book for us to do on this podcast so that was real close to not passing but i'll take it great so, because of that, um, we actually are releasing everything a week earlier than what was originally planned. So, just to give you the updated book list with the change of dates, um, for October 9th, we are doing Shatter Me by Tahara Mafi. Um, October 16th is New Moon by Stephanie Meyer. October 23rd is The Elite by Kira Cass. And October 30th is After by Anna Todd. Um, so that's the updated dates there. Uh, we do apologize if you were really looking forward to that episode. We doubt it. also i'll be posting it on instagram so that you can have our updated list for october instagram is a thing that we have now it's just at worst thing we read go check it out and you can also uh write us an email at worst thing we read this week at gmail.com um and you can also reach us on twitter at worst t-h-n-g we read so it's worst thing without the I. I'm pretty sure. Let me double check because now that I've said that, I'm worried that I have it Fucking wrong. letter caps. Oh, man. Yeah, so we do have social media now and we'll be Hold posting on. like pictures and fun memes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to double check. It is worst T-H-N-G we read uh, is the Twitter handle. So I just wanted to give that as well um awesome. savannah <laughs> what are you drinking i am drinking sangria from our fridge it's the red one yeah in honor of uh in honor of marked and blood and blood mm-hmm. and, and blood mixed with sangria yes exactly that high schoolers drink we're getting there um i'm drinking pomegranate ginger press in honor of marked Let's jump into the summary. Um, Marked is a vampire with a Y novel that I I loved as a adolescent girl. I loved these books when I was in high school. I'm just going to say all this of them. because we cut out The Cruel Prince, so you're not getting the full effect. But Caitlin grew up reading vampire books and I grew up reading fairy books. Yes, yes. <laughs> My childhood was filled with really bad vampire novels. Savannah's was filled with not-so-great fairy <laughs> novels. Um, but yeah, so I, I love these books. Well, love is a strong word. I will never hate these books because of the attachment I had to them as a child. But, like, 
I'm not going to argue that it's a good book because it's not. This is a novel about a girl named Zoe Redbird who gets, we live in, a, so the world basically is one where vampires and humans are just kind of starting to coexist together. Um, so the vampires basically have this school where they mark fledglings with like a tattoo blue crescent on their forehead. Um, and once someone's been marked, they have to go to this school called the House of Night, otherwise they die and they don't complete the change. If you've read these books before, you have any idea what they're about, then you'll be on the same page as Caitlin. If you've never even heard of these books before, you can what the fuck ride along with me. I was so confused for like 80% of this book. <laughs> you know what, Savannah? Stop pointing out the plot holes. The book opens and I appreciate the lack of plot dumping, but also it's a very confusing world that we're introduced here to folks. So we've got Zoe in the school hallways. The first line, just when I thought my day couldn't get any worse, I saw the dead guy standing next to my locker. No one else notices the dead guy. It's fine. He just blends in with the rest of the high school population. Everyone looks dead, I guess. Um, Zoe's talking to her annoying friend, Kayla. They have annoying high school conversations. And then the vampire with a Y speaks and all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, fuck, a dead guy. His voice is dangerous and seductive, like blood mixed with melted chocolate. He marks Zoe and everyone starts freaking the fuck out. None of this is explained. We have no idea what's going on. Why is there a vampire in the high school? Why is everyone freaking out? Why does Zoe all of a sudden have a random tattoo? Nobody knows. But it does all get explained. So everyone freaks out, runs away from Zoe. We still don't know what's going on. I'm like, where is my info dump? She's just like, oh fuck. Either I turn into a vampire, which equals a monster, or my body rejects the change and I die forever. <laughs> and then she just like goes along with her day. Like, the book tries to be snarky and fun about it, but at this point, I'm genuinely concerned. Yeah, you have, what? like, this, you have this juxtaposition between this very serious thing, or what she's explaining that sounds to be a serious thing, and then Zoe's just, throughout the entire experience, just making fun of it, and she, you know, even though she's going through this really hard change of becoming a vampire, she doesn't fail to slut shame throughout the first chapter, calling people <laughs> hoes and sluts. Complaining about her alcoholic boyfriend. Yes, complaining about her alcoholic non-boyfriend. Mm -hmm. She makes it very clear. They kind of date, but not really. She goes home, tells her mom, mind you, her mom has remarried a guy who she refers to as the step loser. And he's this, a cult leader. He is, well, he's not the cult leader. He's just part of a cult, basically. <laughs> and it's like this ultra religious group that basically hates vampires. And she goes home hoping to confide in her mom about this recent change that she's going about. And, and we're going to play a game. And the game here is called, I read you the basic important parts of this conversation and you tell me, is Zoe confessing to getting a tattoo or being changed into a different species? Great. Are you ready? I'm ready. Cool. Okay. So Zoe gets home. Mom, I need your help. Oh God, what have you done now? Mom, I didn't do anything. This is something that happened to me. It's not my fault. <gasps> Oh, please, no. What is your father going to say? Mom, please, can't you just not tell him, like, at least for a day or two? What would I say? You can't even cover that thing up with a makeup. 
Just just tell him that I'm spending the next couple days at Kayla's house. So what you're saying is that you want me to lie to him. No, Mom. What I'm saying is that I want you for once to be on my side. I don't know how you can be so selfish. Don't you realize all that he's done for us? You haven't paid attention to your kids. Your oldest daughter is a sneaky, spoiled slut who screwed half the football team. Do you know what nasty, bloody video games Kevin keeps hitting from you? But I'm the bad one because I have a tattoo. You know what? I'm so sick of my life. Yeah, and I mean, I guess in response to your your game, uh, the answer is both. Because she has a tattoo because she's turning into a vampire. And, like, basically the vampires, as they progress along in their training, like, develop more tattoos that, like, coincide with their personalities I don't, I mean, take that as you will. But, so yeah, Zoe has this giant crescent moon tattoo on her forehead. And her mom doesn't act like a mom. Like, what is it with these YA novels that we've been reading and, like, these parents that just aren't parents and instead are, like, these weird, naive caricatures of what a parent should be? You know what I mean? (laughs) I was just very confused. She's, like, basically, like, okay, so either I'm a vampire and I have to leave forever or I'm gonna die. And she gets home and her mom's like, oh, what are we gonna tell your father? This is so inconvenient. I'm just like, wait, what? And then then she makes Zoe wait in her room for the father to come home. (laughs) And the dad is basically like, oh, there's no harm in you staying here for the night. Let's call a therapist and see what he thinks about it. And all our friends for a prayer circle. And Zoe's like, no, I have to go. I'm gonna die. So what is she do she sneaks out of her bedroom window and goes to her grandma's house like three hours okay, away wait 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 wait, wait. <laughs> oh no my favorite my favorite thing is that the dad's cult is called elder he, he's an elder of the people of faith <laughs> and i don't know if you've ever i think i made you read the dystopian tweets like the ya novel that's run by i can't remember what her oh dana schwartz she's hilarious and like one of the things that she says in her tweets in this like made up world that she has making fun of what's in every YA novel is she is like the evil people are called the elders. So for example, she has tweets like, I have a rebellion to fight. The elders shouldn't have all that power. <laughs> like just like funny things like that. And the entire time I'm reading this, I picked out lines that were literally on her Twitter and it's great. And to give you just some context of what he's kind of like the second that she walks into the room to first like approach step loser and her mom is he says get thee behind me satan he quoted in what i like to think of as his sermon voice i sighed it's not satan it's just me (laughs) now is not the time for sarcasm zoe mom said and then her mom's like do you want some nyquil and i'm just like what the fuck does nyquil cure vampire marking like what (laughs) now and then you also mentioned the uh like having a prayer circle of like people from this cult coming and fucking she may she has this line that says within 30 minutes our house would begin to fill up with fat women and their beady-eyed pedophile husbands (laughs) don't hold back (laughs) we are 27 pages in and uh, like, we also didn't even mention all of the times that she slut-shamed. And I mean, like, specifically, because, wow, they are detailed. They are. She really likes noticing people's clothes and when they're ugly. And I feel like I'm in Harry Potter again, where, like, the ugly people are the bad people and the pretty people are the good people. Right. <laughs> you know? Basically, she runs away. She ends up at her grandma's lavender field. 
and she's trying to find her grandma and like in the middle of this she's really sick like she's coughing heavily she feels like she has the flu apparently something that happens when you're turning into a vampire yeah not it's part of the part of the dying process i no guess one knows you're why. right it's not yeah. yeah it's not explained so she's running around these fields trying to find her grandma and she ends up passing out and Mind you, her grandma is Cherokee, uh, a Native American. So she basically passes out and has like this meets God. <laughs> she meets uh, she meets Nyx, uh-huh. uh, who's the goddess of night, who's also uh, the god that the vampires worship to, or the goddess, because this the whole vampire uh, world that this is in is a very matriarchal society so it's all based around women yeah (laughs) so all of the women are the ones in power so anyway she basically has this vision where she meets nix and nix is basically like you're so powerful you're special zoe and then she wakes up and she's in the house of night because her grandma took her to the house of night she probably says it in like a sexier voice she's probably like you're special zoe i'm trying to call in my sexy podcast voice that that the callers tell me about over the phone the oh, old men wow. they're like wow you have a really nice podcasting voice you have a really nice phone sex voice this is my sexy podcast voice welcome to the worst thing we read this week i'm savannah i'm caitlin and, and from now on been very naughty <laughs> and from now on i will be speaking in my sexy podcast voice to honor this book and how uncomfortable it would make Zoe. Now that we're talking in our sexy voice, I'm going to read a line from Marked uh, that discusses how she felt in this weird dreamlike state where she was watching the goddess Nyx. I was an avert observer as if none of this could really touch me. Kind of like those girls who have sex with everyone and think that they're not going to get pregnant or a really nasty STD that eats your brains and stuff. Well, we'll see in 10 years, won't we? As we've said in previous podcasts, all vaginas have herpes. (laughs) All vaginas named herpes have herpes. No, we're not going into that again. (laughs) So then, Zoe wakes up from her dream, lost and confused. Her grandmother... And some random vampire lady standing at the end of her bed. Huh? I said, speaking of boobs, I was totally sounding like one. Boob. Hee <laughs> hee. The random vampire standing at the end of the at end of her bed is the high priestess Neferet. Um, so she's is basically very powerful in the House of Night. And she basically decides to take Zoe on as her mentee in this new school. So like all of the professors and teachers in the school mentor some of the students. So Neferet has decided to take Zoe on, which is very unheard of. We get this scene of Neferet showing Zoe around uh, the school. Neferet leaves her for a moment. And when she leaves her, Zoe basically stumbles across this girl in a hallway giving this guy a blowjob. The guy is like, no, don't give me a blowjob. And the girl is like, (laughs) I'ma do it anyways. And then Zoe and the guy make eye contact as this girl is raping this guy. And it's just this... (laughs) And Zoe's over in the corner like, you know what? I'm aware of the whole oral sex thing. And like some girls think it's cool. Uh, they're wrong. And everyone's a slut but me. 
Uh, those of us with functioning brains know that it's not cool to be used like that, is what she says. And I'm like, Zoe, calm down. It's just a blowjob. Like, the blonde was doing the nasty to him. <laughs> <laughs> it was happening to him. Um, and um, keep this in mind, because we're actually going to meet both of these characters, and they will become fixtures in Zoe's life. Yes, the the blonde who's giving this guy a blowjob, her name is Aphrodite. And we actually meet her in the next scene here. Oh, and can I just mention here, uh, when they go into the House of Night, they basically, you are reinventing yourself. Yeah, so Aphrodite chose her name to be Aphrodite. So, but yeah, so basically she has this awkward scene. Nefera walks her to her dorm, and there she meets the blonde who is Aphrodite, and Aphrodite is supposed to introduce her to her roommate. And basically, Aphrodite is what you would imagine a very stereotypical bully in a teen movie to be like. To the extent that she basically tells Zoe, here's what's what. I'm it here. Things go my way. You want to get along here? Then you best remember that. If you don't, you'll be in for a world of shit. <laughs> like... And so he goes, All right. oh my god, what a bizarre thing for her to say. And I'm just like, yeah, what a bizarre thing for you to write. People don't talk like that. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. But it does make for some great entertainment as we go on. Um, because we have, now that we have our bully and we have our protagonist, we get the sidekick, Stevie Ray, horse girl. Imagine her as Jessie from uh, Toy Story. She's from Oklahoma, and they're all from Oklahoma. This is placed what? in Oklahoma. Never mind. Forget I said she's that. She's from she's, she's from some small town in Oklahoma. She's from Tulsa. No, well, no, she's Zoe's, from Henrietta. Yes, but this is this takes place in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Zoe's in Tulsa. Then they go to dinner and they meet the rest of Stevie Ray's friends. Mm -hmm. So that's where we meet Damien, the token gay man this in the is group. Where we're educated about gays. However. It, they specify that he doesn't really count as a guy because he's gay. Um, so there's that. And then we have the twins, Aaron and... Shit. Uh, is it Shawnee? Yeah, yeah Shawnee. Shawnee. So it's Aaron and Shawnee, and they um, both look completely different. Both incredibly pretty, literally have the exact same personality, uh, but they couldn't look more different. Like, for example, uh, Shawnee is black and Aaron is not, and... <laughs> I don't think they ever specifically say her race, but I guess we're just supposed to assume that she is white. No, they do the fun thing that, that YA novels do where they're like, she had mocha, cappuccino, pumpkin spice latte skin. Made her look like an African princess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mocha latte oh. skin. <laughs> then they go into the Dark Daughters, aka the Hags from Hell, aka Aphrodite's clique. I think another thing to note, there's so much slut-shaming and offensive language in this book, and it's always just nonchalantly thrown in there, and it kind of just, like, gives you whiplash, because you just didn't realize that we were going there. Um, like, for example, Zoe makes the comment of, you know, I never understood why girls think making out with each other is a way to catch a boyfriend. You think it would be counterproductive. Like, I want a boyfriend who only thinks I'm hot when I'm kissing some girl. Black. Wait, where are you? Nope, I've I've gone too far. Ninety five. Oh, 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 yes, yes, yes. But this is the whole two pages defining gay people. Oh, great. So yeah. please, Savannah, take it away. <laughs> Zoe's just like, oh, I can't stand homophobes, and then she's kind of like, are there gay people here? 
Oh my god, yes. And Stevie was like, there are a few girls who are lesbians, but like, they just stick together and don't talk to anyone else. Zoe's like, cool, what about gay guys? And Stevie's like, there are a few besides Damien, but they're mostly too weird and girly for him. Okay, so moving along with the plot, vampires uh, have a sensitivity to light. They don't, from my understanding, they don't die by the sunlight, but like, it hurts their eyes for them to be in the sun. No sparkles. No sparkles, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But because of this, basically their their classes are through the night, so they don't get out of classes until like 3 a.m. Um, but basically after class one day, they um, have a ritual where it's Zoe's first one. They summon the elements just to like honor Nyx. The elements that they summer, summon are air, earth, water, spirit, and fire. And as Neferet is performing this ritual, as she's calling upon the elements into the circle, Zoe is, like, feeling the elements as they're being summoned. And she but quickly... not in a sexual way. That comes into play later. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Um, <laughs> but she looks around and she quickly realizes that no one else is feeling the elements the way that mm-hmm. she is. I just realized we never really talked about the classes that she has. On top of the rituals, they have classes like vampire sociology, drama, art, intro to music, like normal high school classes. Um, They have equestrian studies so they can all be horse girls. And then they have fencing in the fourth hour. I was like, the fuck? Are we going to are we going to do this? Are we going to do this right? Or are we just going to try and do this? So we get like three full pages of fencing, starting with fencing was totally cool, which was a surprise. I am so hyped at this point. And then they're like explaining and they're like, from the instant I held the sword, which I later found out was called an epee. No, they literally gave them like the lamest sword. No, no one likes epee. Anyway, they they kind of like warm them up, show them the different weapons. The instructor comes over and she's like, you'll be learning how to use a foil. It's the lightest weight of the three types of weapons we have here and an excellent choice for women kind of sexist but also true there's a lot of women in foil it is the lightest weapon and he's not wrong and he basically explains like fencing is one of the very few sports where women and men can compete on entirely equal terms which is true like you have you have mixed competitions where it's women against men and you have your different skills that was one of that's one of the things that i love about it he's like in other words you may not be as strong or as fast as your opponent but you could be smarter or be able to remain focused better, which will tip the scales in your favor. There's no saber. They never mention saber, which kills me. Kills me dead. But now, Savannah, why are you so passionate about this fencing? I really thing? like I really like fencing. So I did fencing. <laughs> she for, did fencing. I did the fencing now for like nine years now. Okay, but when we say she did the fencing, she was like nationally ranked fencer <laughs> went to a division one school and fenced i did do that i did also do that <laughs> yeah so i i did saber which is awesome this is my little plug for the sport that i love and it's actually represented very well in this book which i was surprised like they did a good job i don't know what kind of research they were doing zoe even makes a comment at the end where she's like my butt is gonna be killing me tomorrow you right girl your butt is going to be killing you tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) i guess along with the classes another thing that irritated me about them okay so yeah she takes the sociology class that's taught by neferet 
Mind you, I have a I have a degree in sociology. But do you have a degree in vampire sociology? I don't. You're right. <laughs> but it's like they, the things that they talk about are a little bit when it comes to culture and like cultural things. What she's talking about isn't necessarily sociology. Like, it would have just made more sense to have this in a history class. Like, I agree, but I was so grateful for the info dump by this point. Yes. I was like, yes, bring me the classroom. Tell me yes. the information. Because at this point, I just keep, like, but finding out things in passing. They're like, oh, when your body rejects the change and you die. Like, what? Or like, oh, we have, like, men come here too, but they're kind of just, like, our consorts and we don't really care about them. They're like, oh, okay. Or, like, the thing about your mark getting filled in as you go on. It's just, like, it, like really important yeah. things are just dropped in and I'm like, give me the info dump history class. I promise I won't even complain about it. And honestly, when... When Zoe's in the House of Night, it doesn't bother me as much because at least you're learning with her. But you're right, like the beginning of the novel when she first gets marked, like nothing's explained. <laughs> Jumping back to the comment that I had made about how sociology, her sociology class wasn't actually sociology topics. It was more so talking about history um, and maybe the tiniest bit of anthropology. The reason they can't talk about that shit in history class is because in hin history class, they're talking about the day that that Titanic sank. The teacher goes, oh, what happened April of 1912? And Zoe <laughs> nonchalantly goes on this rant in her mind about what she does often, goes on this rant about how she's obsessed with Leonardo DiCaprio. So of course she knows what <laughs> happened April of 1912 and she just goes the titanic sank in april of 1912 it was struck by the iceberg late on sunday night the 14th and sank just a few hours later on the 15th like i didn't get any of that from the movie but <laughs> like and who the it was fuck talks like that like when you answer a question you're just like was it the titanic you know what i mean you're not like <laughs> let me give you every aspect of every detail about the titanic which like, side note <laughs> I did once watch a full, like, two or three hour YouTube video that recounted oh my the entire sinking of the Titanic. <laughs> so, from point of impact to when it actually sinks. It's kind of morbid. I know. Like, what I took away from the Titanic movie is that now anytime me and my sister or me and my mom are, like, standing over an edge, we, like, start singing the Titanic song and, like, do the jack and rose pose and like take a picture that's what i so basically you're <laughs> the average white family yeah <laughs> yeah in that history class you also get this kid elliot who is this ugly fat kid is basically how he's described elliot is like sleeping in class whatever the teacher in front of the entire class is like elliot you're a stupid fucking idiot. <laughs> Elliot, you are, of course, failing lit, but what's more important, you're failing life. Vampire males are strong, honorable, and unique. They have been our warriors and protectors for countless generations. How do you expect to make the change into a being who is more warrior than man if you do not practice the discipline it takes to even stay awake in class? Shots fired, And I'm man. like, I like how this just happens in front of the entire class so we have the reappearance of eric knight who's basically a really good actor like really good like he would go and perform in like shows in new york and shit um i thought this was actually a cool 
part of vampire culture where she talks about how like since vampires are like naturally prettier and better that mm-hmm. they've kind of like become the celebrities of the world and so they're yeah. all actors or singers or yeah. whatever and it's kind of this thing where like humans are jealous and they're being like edged out of the entertainment industry and it was like the one part of world building where I was like oh that's a clever thing to include because that's true so yeah you have the reappearance and they make eye contact in theater class definitely like- in a sexual way then after drama class, we just drop in the people of Faith who call back to Zoe's stepfather, who was an elder with the people of Faith. It turns out the people of Faith are a bigger deal than we originally thought, so I don't know if this is a recurring theme. I don't want you to tell me, but it seems like the people of Faith are basically a bigger cult than we thought, and they consistently challenge the vampires and are just kind of like, you shouldn't exist, you're from Satan, like this is hell's influence and they have this like friction going on i mean we do have like 12 more books in this series so i'm sure they come up again at some point (laughs) the last class that we need to talk about zoe's also a horse girl persephone that's her horse's name stevie ray comes to the end of zoe's horsey class basically they're like nonchalantly talking whatever it takes stevie ray like fucking two pages to finally bring up that some girl died in their last class (laughs) She rejected the change, she died, and I'm just like, I feel like that's something that you lead with, especially when someone is as torn up about it as Stevie Ray was. Like, Stevie Ray was very (laughs) scarred by this experience, and she just doesn't bring it up. But then she's like, yeah, anyway, so this girl is dead, and come on, we gotta go to the ritual thing that's happening. Um, so she goes to this second ritual. Which is basically, like, the after party of the original ritual. Yes, so they're all hanging out. Zoe's only going because she knows that she can't back down from Aphrodite. She does not want to go to this because none of her friends are invited. Zoe walks in, basically it smells like pot, and then she's meeting some of the people at this Dark Daughters meeting. So, Dino is a, well, different name. Does it mean something special? Dino means terrible, she said, smiling sweetly. (laughs) From my other side, the tall blonde chimed in perkily, and Enyo means warlike. 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 Huh, I said, trying hard to be polite. Yeah, Pemfrito, which means wasp, is the one lighting the incense, explained Enyo. We got the names from Greek mythology. Again, let's refer back to how they get to choose their names when they first become vampires. How the fuck, first of all, were these three (laughs) friends enough to coordinate to be, we're like wasp and terrible? How did they cope? Like, who, who thought of this as an idea? I'm going to tell you a story oh god (laughs) when i was 12 i wrote a book in my horse notebook it was basically about a girl named elena who fell into a fairy world none of these things are surprising she was in high school obviously and the three antagonists were these girls and they all had different shirts with like sequins on them that in the shape of their name And they were named Ocean, Ruby, fuck, I can't remember the last one's name. It was like Sapphire or something. And they all had like sequins on their like matching colored shirts that matched their names. And I don't know if they just had like 10 of those and they like wore one every day. I don't, I don't know. I'd have, I would have to ask 11 year old me. Yeah, I was gonna say you wrote it. (laughs) You make, you make the decision. Um, basically pc and Kristen cast stole the idea from me and created these three and i would like to file a lawsuit (laughs) 
I also just want to back up just a titch. Zoe explains Aphrodite. She looks just like Sarah Jessica Parker. And I was just kind of like, that's not really what I like think of when I think of like the epitome of blonde hotness but sure it didn't work because she's basically saying like she's trying to be all sexy if this music was a poem it would be more like some hoe grinds her booty (laughs) which is honestly my favorite poem yes exactly the whole basically the whole ritual is aphrodite like dancing around the room like doing like this weird sexy dance and at the end of the ritual we all know how zoe hates sexual things yeah she goes around the room aphrodite does and she has this glass of wine and zoe takes a sip of this wine and she's like oh my god it's so delicious like same girl she realizes that the wine was spiked with blood and that they they call him a refrigerator, which is Elliot, the kid who was told that he's failing in life earlier in class. It's him. He, she drank his blood and they didn't warn her. So she basically runs outside and vomits and she's standing by the wall of the school where she sees this ghost-like figure of this of the girl who died earlier. The girl who supposedly died in class. Which I'm assuming is supposed to be a plot thing. But I honestly did not care as much as when, like, her ex-boyfriend and her best friend then show up very soon after and try and climb the wall and break in. And I was like, huh, weird ghost. Anyway, drama. Yes. (laughs) And we get Kayla and Heath. So Kayla's the best friend. Heath is the kind of boyfriend. You find out that Kayla has a thing for Heath and that Kayla and Heath hooked up while Zoe and Heath were still together. Uh, Zoe now hates Kayla. Uh, Heath is like, Zoe, I'm in love with you. We're gonna break you out of here. It's gonna be great. Zoe is like, no. I have a question about things geographically. Where is this vampire school that people are just like showing up on the grounds and they're like, I'm gonna go, like humans are just able to like walk on the grounds and just be like, hey, it's me. Well, the first thing to say, they're not allowed on the grounds. (laughs) The humans, the humans are not allowed on the grounds. I just don't understand why you it's, have a bunch of, like, new fledgling vampires who are going to be thirsty for blood, and they're, like, there's no wards well, or anything like that. Like, there's supposedly walls, but these human, these idiot humans high on pot are easily able to find the one person they're looking for. No, so, so humans are not allowed on the grounds. They, like, they shouldn't be coming in. Um, the second thing to know is uh, vampire fledglings don't usually develop bloodlust until, like, they're... I guess what you could consider their senior year of vampire school. But they're still on campus when they're in senior year. Yes, they are. But it's also completely forbidden for vampires to, for these, for these students to drink human blood because they risk the chance of imprinting. You form like this bond with a, with a human to where they are so attached to you, they like won't leave you alone. So they're sitting on the wall, Kayla ends up walking away, and Zoe ends up drinking Heath's blood one way or another. (laughs) My favorite line is, it's because he gets close to her and he literally just like smiles at her and touches her cheek gently and she's like oh my god this is why i was in love with him i'm like girl it because he can touch your cheek like those are some pretty low standards friend and then she just drinks his blood Mm -hmm. and then she finds his wrist is right up there yep come to find out that eric knight has witnessed this entire thing and mind you like drinking blood is a very um sexual experience heath lifted his wrist to me it was barely bleeding and when i licked the tiny scarlet line heath moaned the touch of my tongue seemed to do something to the scratch because instantly it started dripping 
faster, faster. My hands were shaking as I raised his wrist to my mouth and pressed my lips against his warm skin. I shivered and moaned in pleasure and, oh my god, what are you doing to him? (laughs) Kayla's voice was a scream that pierced through the scarlet fog in my brain. Literally five pages later, she's like, sitting next to Eric after Eric's like rescued her from this whole scene and is basically being like it's okay this usually doesn't happen so they haven't told you about it yet but like when you have bloodlust it's like really hard to stop yourself like it's all right and she's like oh I don't think I'd mind if he kissed me and then immediately is like am I becoming a vampire slut oh we wouldn't want that literally having sex with Heath's wrist and then (laughs) (laughs) she's like we can't talk about kissing here That's inappropriate. So to wrap up the conversation with Eric, Zoe's trying to flirt. Eric's, uh, they learn more about each other. Eric's last name is Knight, and it turns out he changed his first and his last name. No, he didn't. Zoe literally says, "Uh, by the way, I like what you changed. Oh, no, you're right. It is his name. But she's like, I like what you changed your name to. Knight is a cool last name. Like, no, it's not. That's, like, when you have, like, a black cat and you name it Shadow. Like, (laughs) it's not a cool vampire name. And then he explains the rules of consent to her about sucking blood, but not in a sexual way. (laughs) And, well, yes, in a sexual way, because we just watched her, like, have sex with with Heath's wrist. Eric kisses her on the wrist, so they've all just got, like, wrist fetishes going on. Yep, and basically Eric just tells her, like, now that Aphrodite's invited you and you participated in this, like, I know it threw you off, but you should keep going just to piss her off. And originally she's like, yeah, you know what, I'll keep going to piss her off, but then it changes. And Caitlin, like, you knowing the deeper intricacies of vampires with a Y, (laughs) you should explain this to us. I mean, we've talked a little bit about how Neferet is the high priestess, but, like, not, we didn't super go into it. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really go into it in this book either. Basically, high priestesses are just uh, thought of as, basically, Nyx has deemed them worthy of this of this high position. So I guess you could kind of think about it like a prophet. pastor or bishop or... You could probably consider it a prophet because I think okay. the high priestesses are said to to speak to Nyx. Um, so for Aphrodite to be the high priestess in training is like a really big deal. And Aphrodite automatically views Zoe as a threat to that status because Zoe's already different. She feels threatened by Zoe because Eric gives Zoe attention. Eric is interested in Zoe. Zoe's interested in Eric. He, like, kisses her on the wrist and stuff. Yeah, super crazy. Mm -hmm. But Aphrodite is... Basically, she feels threatened by Zoe because she's afraid that she might lose her position and she's afraid that she will no longer have Eric. And she ain't wrong. (laughs) She's not wrong because Zoe convinces herself that she has become a fledgling, that like Nyx thinks that she's special enough specifically to overthrow Aphrodite as high priestess in training, which is just like, (laughs) really? Like, that's what you think your big mission, big thing to accomplish is? Like, that's it? So she... But Aphrodite is doing sexual things, Caitlin. She needs to be taken out. She dances sexy. And Her friends, Zoe's friends, decide that Zoe needs to summon a circle to make sure that she actually has an affinity for all five elements. She summons the circle. It turns out she definitely does. She goes to a Dark Daughters ritual. It's on Samhain, which is the night that the uh, veil between the spirit and human world is thinnest. So Aphrodite summons this 
circle where she summons all of the spirits. Heath shows up at this circle and the spirits- This is another time when I'm just kind of like, humans wander in places. Heath randomly in the middle of the night manages to like wander out of his house and find- Zoe exactly at this random museum that she's in and like it's never explained if this is a thing that he can do because they're like connected now or and like I kinda he think just like pops up and he's like hey it's me Heath <laughs> it it might honestly like the the imprinting might have something to do with so yeah he shows up at this at this circle um the spirits start attacking Heath and Eric is defending Heath and it almost kills him. Mm-hmm. And Aphrodite, Aphrodite dances sexily. She won't close the circle. Mm-mm. Zoe has to sweep in and save the day with the help of her friends that randomly show up. Elliot, the dumb the the dumb fat kid who got yelled at in class and also was the refrigerator in one of their rituals, he also dies. Oh yeah. And Zoe also sees his apparition. Okay, no, but this is the thing is like there's this whole subplot going on where it's supposed to be like, oh, Zoe's seeing these vampire fledglings who have died and they're popping back up again and what's going on? But I just did not care. I was just like, yes, Zoe, tell me more about like the slutty sexual hags that are dancing and your stupid ex-boyfriend. Yeah, and and honestly like that whole subplot doesn't really come into play until I think you get more of it in the next book. Cool, so I can ignore it for now. <laughs> we skipped a lot of things when we went into that same Samhain ritual because that's like the very end of the book. You're right. Um couple things that we needed to talk about. So Aphrodite has a vision <laughs> because one of her one of the things that one of the gifts that Nyx gave her is she can see visions of the future. Things like really horrible tragedies. Um, and Zoe witnesses Aphrodite having a vision. And Aphro- er, and the rumor is, is that Aphrodite doesn't always tell people about her visions. Meaning she allows really horrible things to happen. Like plane <laughs> crashes and so on and so forth. Because she like wants people to die, which... You're saying, like, it's the rumor, but there's literally a point where she and her friends are talking and her friends are like, yeah, we hate human men. We want them all to die. (laughs) Aphrodite and her friends, not Zoe and her friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Aphrodite and her friends. They're on the record saying that they'd like humans dead. I don't think it's too far of a stretch. No. So, okay, so Zoe witnesses Aphrodite having a vision and immediately she's like, no, bitch, you're not getting away with this. Takes her immediately to Neferet. And she has this vision, and they're both- Neferet and Zoe are watching her. Neferet's trying to figure out what's going on, what Aphrodite- what Aphrodite saw. You can tell that Aphrodite is becoming hesitant about Neferet. She's withholding information intentionally. She, like, freaks out and is super scared of her, and I'm- like, they kind of gloss over it. I think Neferet's evil. I'm calling it now. Um, so anyways, uh... <laughs> Stop brushing over it! That makes me think I'm right! <laughs> well, they brush over it in the book, so that's all we're gonna say for that. She's totally evil, and I'm totally right. I figured out this complex puzzle of a YA novel. Another- this is just another really terrible line. Aphrodite's laugh was way too sexual to be appropriate, and I swear she touched herself right there in front of everyone. Jeez, jeez, she was nasty in Caitlin, acting. you're the expert on sexual laughs. Can you give us an example of what Aphrodite's doing right now? <laughs> That's even worse than the first time. Never mind, bitch. We're moving on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for somebody who is not 
interested in sexual things, Zoe really likes to talk about Aphrodite's boobs. Oh my god. <laughs> yep. And I also have another line. Um, her body looked weird. Was it pulsing? How could it? She flipped back her hair and ran one hand down her body like a nasty stripper, <laughs> cupping her breast and then moving down to rub between her legs. Yeah, well, Zoe's watching her and she's like, ew, she's nasty. But also, like, she's jealous a little bit. She's like, yeah, she's older, but, like, I have boobs, too. I'm hot, too. Then, basically, uh, so the, the ritual ends. I... There's a better way of putting that. Um, the ritual ends. Zoe saves the day because she prevents the spirits from killing Keith. Mm-hmm. Uh, the spirits go back to the spirit realm. Mm-hmm. Neferet randomly shows up and decides that Zoe is now the head of the Dark Daughters. Mm-hmm. Because she doesn't touch herself while she's doing rituals. Which, I mean, I think is a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm all for you being sexually inebriated. What? Nope. <laughs> Sexually <laughs> exploded. <laughs> liberated. That <laughs> That's what I was trying to say. Sexually liberated. Sexually drunk. Work that one out. <laughs> this is why we leave the big words to Damien, Caitlin. I don't sexually even understand liberated. what you're saying right now. <laughs> I'm all about women being sexually liberated, but also why are you touching yourself in front of your classmates? <laughs> At a school function. Because she's sexually liberated. <laughs> Inebriated, you mean. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. Um, yep, so... Oh, wait. You're about to wrap up the book. Mm-hmm. I had one more quote okay, I wanted yeah, go. to read. This is describing Damien. He's our group expert on all things penile, Aaron said as they joined them under the tree. Expert in all things penile. Zoe really doesn't like the word penis. Damien definitely puts that on resumes he has mm-hmm. a he has a badge that says expert on all things penile mm-hmm. detective expert on <laughs> all things penile vice president of peanut i'm Peni. gay also i'm gay what is the multiple penises vice penile. president of peni yeah so the book basically ends where zoe is special and she's gonna go be special at her special vampire school I was so confused throughout this whole book. Um, I'm just going to read you the list of things that I learned about vampires, and we can do this every book because there's fucking, what, like 20 of them? There's Mm -hmm. at least, I think there's like between 8 and 12. Here's what I learned about vampires in this book, um, in the order that I learned them. They are invisible. They are not actually invisible. They cough a lot. Blood... I don't know what that was in reference to. That's just what I wrote. <laughs> it's a biological DNA thing. Hormones. Stuff. Literal quote from Zoe. <laughs> um, you have to change schools. Everyone has a wrist fetish. You can die, but you're not really dead. You have a connection to the elements. Yeah, that's about all I've got. So, And you can you can choose your own name. I did find this whole article talking about whether or not Kristen and PC plagiarized portions where they were talking about, uh, like, rituals and stuff like that. Um, so that was kind of funny. Awkward. Um, the only other thing I was going to mention, so Chris, so PC is 
I would guess the main author and Kristen is her daughter. And this book reads like a middle-aged woman trying to write from the perspective <laughs> of a 16-year-old girl at the direction of her daughter. It um, sounds like me talking to my sisters and like using slang incorrectly on purpose right. to upset them. Right. And I'll be like, yeah, like YOLO. What? Yeet. Yeet, yeah. And then I yeeted, I, yeeted I yeeted myself to work. <laughs> I love yeeting. That's about it. I I still love these books to an extent. Like I don't I don't love them in the sense that it's a good book, but I love them in the sense of it was a book that I cherished when I was younger and it kind of just has stuck with me up until now. And that's I all. I fucking hate this book. I don't hate it as much as an abundance of Catherine's. <laughs> I feel like for this week, we forgot to do it last week. But for this week, our, the best thing that we read this week mm. is The Handmaid's Tale by oh Margaret Atwood. So good. Oh. If you watch the first season, the book is pretty much the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listened to it on audiobook via laying upside down on our couch oh, while wow. really drunk while Caitlin read it to me. <laughs> Maybe free. the real audiobook was the friend we had all along. And with that, (laughs) thanks for listening, guys. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs)